Recording. No. You're playing footsies with me over here. Am I? Yeah. I'm not. No. Just, not me. That was me. I'm right here. Oh, <laughs> I didn't feel that until then. <laughs> The usual shtick. It is episode 80 of Wayne In with Travis Hartman. I am B-Money, the producer. That over there is Weekend Trav. In his Weekend Trav attire for the week, a new shirt looks like. Weekend Trav, give me a little rundown on that thing. It is. I'm back to the um, the shirt and the pants. All right. All right. Well, it is it is starting to get seasonally warm here in Florida. It's uh, hot as balls today. It is hot as balls today. Uh, special thanks to our media partners there, IF Enterprises, TH Boxing, and Gulfstream Financial, and to our subscribers, whether you're following us on YouTube, Rumble, iHeartRadio, Spotify, for your audio source needs, as well as uh, Apple, iPod, iTunes, whatever and Amazon. We're just all over the place on the audio side, but video definitely, uh, you can catch us there on Rumble and YouTube. So we can Trav, uh, we do uh, always love getting a little interaction and feedback from our subscribers, our followers, our haters, and that's just a, a, a lovely blend of mix of people, a melting pot. I love our haters. I do. I'm, I'm going to get a hat that says, I love haters. I do. You know what? They pay the bills too, which, you know, to pay the bills on a free podcast, <laughs> Pretty good. Not too bad, right? Not too bad. Not too bad. <laughs> so give me a second. Let me sip we, this. Uh, what are we drinking tonight? We're back to our old good buddy, Hooten Young, age 12 years, batch number one. This stuff is, we're finishing off. We're going to finish it off today. Yeah, we probably should because I know we've had it a couple of times here and, and Weekend Trav and I have not been polishing the full bottle off uh, per episode for quite some time and that's okay. Because you know what? We need to think about our bodies and our liver as well. Uh, though it does make for entertaining conversation towards the latter part of these episodes, uh, we want to make sure that we're also not just a complete disaster on Monday morning. Because this is Sunday, which reminds me, Weekend Trav, that this is the number one Beards Bourbon. This isn't really bourbon, but Beards Bourbon Boxing uh, Podcast shot in Orlando, Florida, specifically Laureate Park, specifically in a boxing gym, specifically specifically <laughs> on the second floor of a boxing gym. In our own private studio. In our own private studio, shot on a Sunday or Monday. Today is Sunday, and it drops on A Wednesday, Wednesday. which we've done for four consecutive weeks. So everybody, literally, we're staying, we're staying true to that. In the world. In the world, Craig. In the world. In the world, Craig. In the world. Top five security of the world, Craig. So there we go. So we were drinking, actually, this is just American Whiskey, Hooten Young. Um, We've we've rated it before. Uh, I would suggest, recommend to all that have ability of purchasing this at at your local liquor store or or purveyor of booze and fine spirits. Wow. Look at you wordsmithing it up. I'm doing a good job because I've only had about three sips of this so far. So once it starts getting down to the the bare bones, it's going to get a little rough. Uh, please do so. Support our friends there at Hooten Young. Great guys and a, a great uh, relationship that we have building there. Uh, weekend Trav. It was uh, uh, it was another busy weekend, I'd say, on the boxing front. Not a, a ton of uh, blockbuster fights by any means, but there was a big one that really got most of the press and the headlines over the weekend. Yep. And then the calendar it gets a little sparse for the next couple of weeks till we get to uh the i think the 28th uh but we'll talk about what's going up on here on the horizon we'll let the conversation flow as it will um but we do want to make sure that we're drawing plenty of attention to uh now the unifying champ of Jermel charlo as he took on brian castano for the second time over the weekend uh great fight uh I, you know ended in the 10th round but i don't want to steal your thunder i want to get your thoughts i want to get your feedback 
on what you saw uh, from that main event on Saturday night. On Showtime, um, I was texting with some friends in the fourth round. I was like, this is this has got to be a candidate for a fight of the year already. Mm. And it was the fourth round. So, And that was a lot of props to Castaño because that guy, he brings it, man. Like, I'm just – he looks like he's a smaller guy too, and he is. He's smaller. But, like, you would think the smaller guy would stay back, right, like, and, and not be as aggressive and right in your face. And, like, he was just in your face the whole time and aggressive and was eating shots and, like, taking them though. I was just – Early on, I was just like, I don't know if Charlo can keep up with this pace that that Castano's putting on him because Charlo was having to exert a lot of energy by moving because I think his goal was before this fight started that he stayed on the ropes too much in the first fight. Right. So his trainer uh, Derek James was like, you know, we can't stay on the ropes anymore. We have to make sure we're moving because if you sit in front of Castano, he's going to go off on you because he's just got that straightforward. He's from Argentina, but he fights like a Mexican. Yeah. Um, but and he's got that Mexican style come straight forward towards you, throwing punches, catching punches, throwing punches, and he made it super exciting though for the first like, I mean the whole fight actually all all ten yeah. rounds it was supposed to go twelve ended up going ten, um, Dramel Charlo ended up winning by a knockout TKO mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the tenth round knocked him down twice the mm-hmm. referee waved it off after the second correct wave off nobody was complaining um, but there was man there were some fireworks in that fight though yeah it was a great fight and. It's a fun stat that I didn't know, but the the announcers and I miss the the old school good announcers. And Al Bernstein does Showtime. Al Bernstein was on Showtime, and he was one of the announcers. But they made a comment about the first time that Castano and Dramel Charlo fought. It was a draw, right? Mm-hmm. This was the rematch, um, and it was a unified titles, right? Because Dramel mm-hmm. owned three of the titles anyway, and Castano had the other one title. Right. But the first fight was a also unification. I think in the history of boxing, I believe there's only been like five draws in unification bouts in the history of boxing. Yeah, and they got a draw the first time they yeah. fought. So I thought that was kind of a cool stat. At the same time, not a cool stat for them for sure because it never happens usually in um, unification. But it helps bouts. build up for this second fight and, and the kind of the lead up. They made they made a big deal at the press conference, which was good. It was help selling the fight. Uh, Castano's fan. I mean, he has a pretty solid fan contingent that follows. So I don't know where this fight was taking place on Showtime. Uh, California it was in California. Yep. So a good, good contingent of fans out there. But man, they travel well, and they were in full force at the press conference. Yep. So that was that was pretty interesting to watch that leading into the fight itself. And the guys didn't disappoint. Um, it's just it. We've talked about the Charlo brothers, which the twin brothers, Jermel and Jamal, before many mm-hmm. episodes, many, many episodes ago. Many moons ago. Many moons ago. And it's kind of like, yeah, they're, they're, their names kind of always floated out there, but it's not like they're like the big time draw, right? Neither one yeah. of them has ever been like that that superstar power, marketing power. And you, you kind of scratch your head like, why isn't that? You'd think there's a good storyline there. Twin brothers, two different weight classes, doing their thing. Now you got one as the unified champ. Jamal is, I think he's a title holder in his weight. Middle East WBC, yep. That kind of writes itself. So what are we missing here with these two? You know, I'm not... I'm not sure because if you date, if you go all the way back to the time when Vitaly Klitschko and Vladimir Klitschko, right? They're not even twins, but they looked a lot alike. Right. The heavyweight champions of the world, both of them, right? HBO... This is a this is a tree. Go back and look it up. HBO shied away from them too because they said that people couldn't um, figure out who was who, mm. and they thought that it was confusing to the fans. Therefore, there wasn't a big sell. So, if HBO thought that back in the day, now we have twins mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who, to be honest, I'll t- I'll be honest too. I don't. 
Jermel and Jermall. I don't know who it's they one, are unless the TV tells it's me. It's one letter difference. And, yes. And I'm sorry, but you got a guy fighting at 154 and his brother fights at 160. 160. They're so. twin brothers, so you know they're really, they yeah. look literally exactly yeah. alike. So honestly, that could be the whole marketing problem is with that for sure. Um, they're both they're both very dangerous though too. That's why I think a lot of people shied away from them because I think in the beginning – a lot of people didn't they didn't know about them meaning there wasn't a lot of people that were gonna take a risk on them because they were too risky to fight because they were big punchers. They were right. knocking people out and then now they kinda of struggled a little bit. Both of them struggled for a brief second in a couple fights. Um and then now they're getting kind of a little bit bigger fights now because I think that it was like I think they needed to struggle a little bit for other fighters to want to fight them, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it does make sense. I mean, specifically to Jermel now, the 154 unified champ, I, I think I saw the stat. There's only... Undisputed, the, undisputed unified, sorry. not just unified. Yeah, yeah which is amazing. And All isn't four that belts. the first time in the last... I thought I saw a weird, like a crazy stat, the first time in that weight class in like the last 50-plus years or something like that. I don't know. I, I might be speaking out of turn. Undisputed, I think you could be right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but I probably have that completely wrong or something missing there. But I, I, I saw that. I was that, like, holy moly. That That's interesting. But then we can travel. We talked pre-production. That weight class, who's left? Who's left? Because Canelo kind of cleared that weight division out. Yeah. So so I think great timing and, and a great point in history for Jamel Charlo to to really prove himself amongst a weight, weight division that's been kind of like – I don't want to say empty because there's so much talent no matter yeah. what, but there's not really those those household names that are vying for for those belts right now uh, unless you see something otherwise, which you probably do. Wow. So I'm going to tell you, B-Money, you aren't far off. I'm on DAZN right now, which mm-hmm. is the boxing network, right? It says Jermel Charlo knocks out Brian Castan to become the first ever undisputed super welterweight champion. Well, ever. There we go. That's a so lot better than 50 years. It's That's ever. forever. So well done, because yeah. I, I knew that it hadn't been like producer does forever, some stuff but, like, over here. Well we do, done, I do, like, I do a little well homework. Done. A B money had his shit I got, together. I got, I got notes. Huh? Nice. Come on, that's very. And I had to like you know I had to go to fact fact checker. Are we correct? I've, yeah, fact checker says we're right. There we go. It's 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 proof. We we have we have a um, somebody listen, that backs our proof up. Listen, as as my spouse says many times to me when I get something right, a broken clock is right twice a day. This is true. This okay, is true. so I'll, I'll take my wins where they are, and that is a, that's a victory lap for me. But um, going back to the the statement at hand, you look at that one the one fifty fours, and once again, not to disrespect anybody, but what's who's who's really in that weight division still that would vie for these things? Yeah, I mean it's still pretty amazing feat. But you're right. I mean the one sixty division has Gennady Golovkin, Triple G. Um, and the brother, other brother Charlotte. Sure. And then below them is 47, which is stacked because you got Spence, 100%, yeah. you got Crawford, you got Virgil Ortiz, you got a bunch of all those upcoming guys in the 47, which is welterweight. So, yeah, all around it, it's kind of like it's stacked, and 154 is not really like a hot division, you could say, but still. Not yet. That ta- yeah, Maybe not yet because they got yeah. a lot of love right now. That 154 division got a lot of love, and to be fair, I think that Errol Spence eventually is moving up. See, He's a big boy. If, Sp- if Spence and Crawford fight, I could see the loser of that moving up. Yeah, possibly. You know what? I don't know because Crawford turned pro less of a weight class. So if Crawford was going to have to stay probably at 147 or move down because he could move down to 140. It's just when you get older, you're, you're naturally inclined to go higher in the yeah. weight classes, right? It's just, it's, I mean, we're just old. 
I mean, look, it's hard to get some weight off, right? It's hard to get, you can still train, but it's hard to get some of that, those LBs <laughs> off. I know this. When you put too much on and you suck back down. Yes. But yeah. guys like Crawford and Spence are, they're, they're very consummate professionals. Sure. I never see those guys out of shape. Like they might be out of like 12 round boxing shape, but they're still, they haven't put on a bunch of weight right. between fights. You never see those guys like uh, Ricky Hatton is a perfect example. They used to call him Ricky Fatten. Nah, right. He gave himself that nickname. He would balloon up to like 190, 180 and he would suck back down to 140. Well, guess what happened later in his career? He obviously couldn't make 140 anymore. It started having an effect yeah. on him, a negative effect, which a hundred percent that happens. You shouldn't do that. It's not healthy. Uh, but yeah, so that 154 is, is a hot, not a hot division, but it could be easily with the the result of an Errol Spence versus uh, Terrence Crawford, which is another end of my segue to that is Derek James, who is the coach of Errol Spence and Jamel Charlo. Mm. This guy doesn't get enough love, okay? This guy is literally training the first ever uh, light middleweight undisputed unified champion in the world in Jamel Charlo. He also Damn. trains Errol yeah. Spence, who is the recognized multiple belt owner in the welterweight division and easily in everybody's top five, top six pound for pound in the world, right? Do you ever hear the name Derek James? Nope. Have you heard that name? Nope. It deserves to be talked about. Should be, this yeah. guy 100%. deserves to be talked about. And this is why another guy, um, Andre Ward, he's a retired guy, undefeated, retired um, he mentioned, he was like, you know, I think this guy deserves to be talked about as one of the best trainers out there. And I agree. How yeah. do you not? Yeah. You, it's not like you're just finding talent. These guys are all from Texas yeah. and he's trained them for a long time. I think he's trained most of them from their amateurs till now. So I think Derek James deserves a lot of love. And I think that I hope that we can give that to him right now because Derek James, if he doesn't get voted trainer of the year this year, even if the year ended right now, he owns it. He, yeah. there's nobody else out there. You can't. Canelo Alvarez's coach, amazing, right? Had a whole bunch of world champions for a while, but um, not right now. Derek James I mean, should own that title. Only, that's the only other trainer that you'd really talk about, right? It would be his. He was hot for a while, and he, he still is hot. Don't still take hot. Yeah, one loss. He can't take too much. I know Valdez lost too, but the guy Eddie Reynoso, yes. Reynoso is a good coach. One hundred percent phenomenal. But it, it's we just don't talk much about the trainers anymore because uh, things have just been kind of all so spread out. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of guys are working with different people. But I think you're absolutely correct. Derek James deserves a ton of credit to have two in his camp. Two. Yeah. Let alone one. Two. Yeah. And these guys are recognized as like, you know, yeah. these guys are legit. You know, there's there's something that a, 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 tw or a, a YouTube troller trolled us on our thing. Um, but... There's something called paper champions, and that's just a really negative connotation. A paper champion is a guy that they claim that, you know, didn't beat anybody but became a world champion. And I got air quotes right now for our Spotify listeners, air quotes yeah, for, yeah. you know, a champion. But these guys are not that. Errol Spence right. is the champion of the world, period. Right. Uh, Jamel Charlo, he's the champion of the world. He earned that title right. by beating very, very tough opponents. Um, has he beat blockbuster opponents in the 154-pound division? Well, he's beat everything, everybody that's in there. So you got to give him that credit. But, yeah, so long story short of all of that is on Showtime last Saturday, it was amazing. Mm. Those guys put on a show. And that, that whole ruckus crowd was awesome. And you made a point earlier that I want to bring up was that, yeah, the Argentina, fan, Argentina fans, they were out in full force yeah. at the press conference, yep. at the yep. weigh-ins, yep. yep. at the fights. And you know what I love to see, though? I'm, I'm going to tell you that I was not 
I'm not a huge Charlo fan because I think he gets a little too um, out there sometimes in his outside life, but he started really rallying behind the American flag. It did. It was and good. I actually, I started watching it. I was like, you know what? I go, all right, I'm rooting for Charlo. It was good I did. I said, I said, I'm rooting for Charlo now. It's the oldest boxing trick in the book. You but, get the two guys from two different countries, one being the States, the other being whatever, and then you could kind of sell it that way. Very, very smart. Very smart on his it's part. It's smart, but to be 100% honest... Americans don't usually get behind oh, their boxers. I, I know, I know. They, I know. And that's not, it's not color. They don't do the white guys either. But like, to be honest, American boxing fans, you never generally hear them go to like London and you never hear them chant USA, right? Well, you hear the London and UK fans, not just London, but United, UK fans. The United, States, the United States, when it comes to sports, is it's kind of weird because we rally behind our teams within the country, within the you know the different states, whatever else, the different sports, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, if you're still watching that, <laughs> WNBA. I mean, there's what? There's like four teams left there, right? I honestly couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you either. So we, we, we've learned to rally behind the teams within our borders. And then we yeah we kind of get geeked up a little bit on the Olympic side of things, but it's never it's not that big rallying cry behind the individual sport. Because for instance, besides boxing and other combat sports, I mean we're, we're not necessarily going to rally around the, a U.S. tennis player and be like yeah USA USA. No, we want to see great competition. But we, us as fans of sports, we rally behind the guys or gals we like, and so that could be somebody outside of this border. But for something like Argentina national hero basically yeah right so we and we're just we're the u.s we're the united states we have a ton of sports heroes and we have freedom of choice here and we take full advantage of it we think we have freedom of choice (laughs) but yeah we're kind of we have choices our teams we have choices dictated to us but yeah uh but but when you go to other countries smaller countries uh, and and a lot you know central southern america they rally behind these guys and gals because the UK, they're national heroes. UK is not small, and they right. rally around their fit. I mean, they and and that's because they're angry boxing. about the Tea Party, the Boston Tea Party, <laughs> from a long time ago. In boxing, though, they really the English they get yeah. not even English, Irish too. They get behind their fans. They travel thousands of miles just, for them. Just, as a country, we're just so late to the party, right? So, uh, yes, uh, I shouldn't say it that way, but you look at something like World Cup or soccer. Uh, football, football for our international listeners. You're going to rally behind your national team. We're here in the states. We know our men's team sucks, so it's hard <laughs> to rally behind them. Like we'll cheer for them, but then eventually it's like, all right, Brazil or all right, Germany or whoever. You know, yeah. we get behind somebody else in those sports. So I just, it's more of like I'm just more of like I don't know. That it's a bad or a good thing. It doesn't no. really matter. But I just I'm I always remember like when Ricky Hatton came over here and fought Floyd Mayweather in Vegas. Ricky Hatton had more fans. They were like, there's only one Ricky yeah. Hatton. It was awesome to watch, but we didn't really rally around our own guy, but which to be we fair, we did, exa- it's personality. So that's very true. I, and I don't disagree with that. But every single like boxer that we've ever had here, I don't really remember people traveling. You know what? We could go, we go all the way back to, you know who I could say is Muhammad Ali. Yeah. We did. We yeah. rallied. That guy went over to Zaire, Africa. And I remember him fighting, and I remember him going out, like, in the streets and just, like, jogging on his own. He left his, like, security detail, and, like, the fans loved this guy. Do you think he was the people's champ. Do you think it's also, like, kind of a weight class argument, too? I mean, it's easy to rally behind, like, the heavyweights, and especially the U.S. Back in those days, we were cranking out several heavyweights uh, that are American. But when you start getting into these smaller weight classes, 
maybe we just have a hard time rallying behind people, especially someone like Floyd Mayweather, whose personality is hard to, you know, put a USA yeah. stamp on him. Yeah. Um, but you get, it's hard to tell weekend trap. Cause even you go Muhammad Ali, there was a lot of political issues. At the there time at the he time. was during the civil rights movement. Yeah. He was a black man who was very successful, very talented and very, very but like, also, talkative. but also wartime politics, trying to avoid some yeah. of that stuff yeah. and also so going through conversion you, at that point. So yeah, so that's why I don't understand it nowadays though. I don't understand it. And I'm not saying like any, like not just Mayweather. We've had a lot of great boxers. We had a heavyweight champion of the world and Deontay Wilder, but nobody really rallied around him. And I don't, I'm not like saying anything bad about like no, Americans, no, at no, all, no. but I'm just like, I'm kind of curious about it as all. I'm more like, like, it's why just is that? It just hasn't. It's not to me. Weekend trap. It's just not a, the national sport, right? Yeah. It's, so it's hard to get that national feel, that national flag based support behind a boxing. Whereas we become fans of the fighters themselves, and so we follow the athletes. So it doesn't matter if you're from Argentina, Mexico, the UK, uh, wherever Russia. It doesn't. I mean say what you want about all that it doesn't matter i think we just rally behind the actual athlete themselves rather than you know rallying behind the flag itself yeah but i just i, I just uk they're big in football over there right mm-hmm. the soccer right mm-hmm. but they follow their boxers they pack stadiums for their boxers well, well, yes they travel for them. the but, mexico same thing but they but travel yes. for their fighters and they're but beloved. yes but i think our i think our attention span is is way there's this it's saturated sports is saturated in the states we have so many leagues so many things to follow where and i'm not saying other countries Maybe don't have too many choices i think we have too many choices i'm not saying the uk doesn't but when you kind of look at it side by side i think the states have a lot more professional sports i mean pro- i think you know what you probably say is there is a lot more boxing that goes on in the u.s probably too like sure. we have boxing going on every single weekend on nationally televised fights most of them fights, majority of them are in the United States. Even though boxing is global, the big, big, big time fights, they don't get really on TV unless it's a big time fight in UK or, or somewhere else. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's just boxing every weekend in the US. I don't know. US. And I think, I mean, you get to the UK, it's, it's easy to, it's, it's, it's more reasonable, I should say, to rally behind the local guy or gal. Right, because they're like homegrown, you know, like Ricky Hatton, like literally lived in the same town he was in forever. Like he lived beside his parents, and like he's got a really good story. So, for instance, if but they but they they rally around Conor McGregor, well, he's you, like a Mayweather. Yes. His attitude and his like jubi- like talks same, and all that. But kind of, kind of smaller country. I mean, it's yeah. so. But when we come here, it's like okay, let's let's say for instance, I'm not, I'm I'm having a hard time pulling an example from like let's say Orlando, but let's say let's say Floyd May- Mayweather was from Orlando. Okay. You don't see Orlando. Wherever he's from, they're not rallying behind him because he's from the hometown. Yeah, I mean, he's from he's from Michigan, but yeah, you don't really see you just don't see people that. from Michigan rallying. You just don't him. see that. They don't get behind. Like him. You, the closest you got, I think, in U.S. professional sports to that in recent memory might have been LeBron James when he played for the the Cavaliers. They rallied yeah. behind him. That was their local boy. That was the homegrown talent from that area, yeah. from Akron, Akron right? Akron, Ohio. Yep. Um, and then he basically, you know, spit at them, came he back. Said, he said, boom, I'm, I'm taking my talents yep. to South beach, came back, won a title for them, then left again. So that was kind of the closest we got, but you go to like a country like Argentina or others, they're like, this is our shot guy. Yeah. There's not a lot. There's our guy. Yeah. And what else do we really have? Like that on a national, on a worldwide stage to celebrate? Mm, not a lot. Not a lot. Maybe my perspective is jaded because we're here in the States. And I think it is. I don't think it's jaded. I think it's correct. I mean, but I, I just, I wish that we did get behind our homegrown boxers yeah. more. I, I, and, well, yes, I agree with that. And that's 
and whether you like the the Charlos or not, the Charlos were born and bred in America. They're Texas boys. He loves Houston. He's from Houston. He was giving Houston major shout outs. So I, I just listen. If you love your boxers, come see them, guys. Like buy yeah. tickets, go see them. Matter of fact, we are next weekend. Mm-hmm. We're going to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Here we're already in Orlando, but we're going to some fights in Orlando. Yeah. Honestly, do we know anybody fighting? No. Oh. I want to go support local boxing because that's what we do. We like boxing and we do a boxing podcast, so we want to just see the local talent and support them. But in that same token, I'm not going to be crazy carrying American flags there and rooting for <laughs> my guys. It just it's not you know what I want to do? It's a new like woke normal word, right? I want to normalize going nuts over USA boxers. Okay. I want to normalize that. Let's normalize having fans go nuts at boxing matches for their favorite USA boxer. Okay. I, I want to see that. We need to normalize. I could get behind Can that. we normalize that? Yeah. Can we literally normalize bringing the American flag into the ring and taking it to the press conference like Charlo did it? Charlo had an American I mean, flag think, wrapped around him at the weigh-ins. I think on Saturday. And I actually love it. I think it. on Saturday we have to bring a big American flag then. You know what? I do have an American flag onesie mm. that... Weekend Trav is probably not against wearing. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. And B-Money is sitting next to me, so I don't know if he wants me to do that. I don't know either. we're sitting on a couch ringside. <laughs> do what you need to do, But brother. I do have an American flag onesie. But, but what I will say, I made this comment a few weeks ago. We're talking about local boxing now. I made this comment a few weeks ago. If you're a boxing fan or if you have friends in the game, support them. Buy their shirt. Yeah. Go to the shows. You know, go support them on social media. Give them the clicks. Give them the love. Reforward their content. All that sort of stuff. It's just kind of. It's, they're a small business owner, right? Yeah, yeah. They they own their own brand and they're trying to market themselves. Help them out. Especially okay? in the boxing world, there's no big company. It, it's, it's individual. It's listen. It's a machine, and you got to help oil that machine. So if you're out there, if you have friends in this game, or if you just want to support the local talent, go buy the shirt. Go do whatever. Go like their tweets. Go like their Instagram photos. Repost, share, like. Yeah, show yeah. Some love. It goes a million miles for local fighters and local talent. They're trying to make a name for themselves to help spread that name out. It's a lot of effort trying to do it yourself. And likewise for an up and coming boxing podcast that's local based. You know, you could do the same thing for us. You know, it's uh, well, we could use your guys' love. It's it's the whole conversation of small business. You want to show love to small business? Well, help them out, and it doesn't take much effort to share a like, share a page, whatever else. It's so, free. So, if you're a local fighter and you want some coverage, you want to talk to us about anything, we'd love to spotlight anybody uh, within reason, obviously, um, not just the schlub off the street. But you know, you have something coming up. We want to give you a shout out. We want to help support as best yeah. as possible because this is a brutal, brutal cutthroat industry, and it's tough to make a name by yourself if you don't have that extra gra- uh, ground root or grassroots support behind you. So we want to be the grassroots. Speaking of which, I, I got to give a little shout out to Mike Sawyer. Mm-hmm. He just celebrated 10 years owning his yep. boxing gym. It was originally LA Boxing when he bought it. Yep. UFC gym bought the name out, so it's yep. UFC gym now. But he just over the weekend celebrated his 10 years. I would have been there, but I was also celebrating my one-year yep. wedding anniversary. But I did see a bunch of people were there. Mike Perry was there, a bunch of the original guys. Actually, Mike wasn't original. I was an original. Yeah. But, but and you were original. Well. I was an original. I was there but Saturday came, morning. Mike came shortly after me. So like he's been yep. there too for a little bit. Yep. Um, but just wanted to, like you said, they're small businesses. At the end of the day, even though it's a UFC gym, 
it's still a small business because Mike owns it. Absolutely. It's so a franchise, so but he owns that That's gym. UFC gym in Winter Springs, Florida. Great people that work there and, uh, and work out there. I was there Saturday morning. I had been a part of that gym for many, many years. Price Boxing. At Price Boxing. They're, they're actually installing a second ring in there right now. I don't know what they're going to do with the original, but a second one is actually being constructed like right now. In the back? In the back, yep. Um, so, you know what? Support local gym ownership, too. That's the other thing. Listen, in our world... In the boxing world, how many times have you seen local boxing gyms just not be able to make it and they got to shut their doors? Um, my whole entire life. Exactly. I've seen gyms pop, come and go every couple of years, two, three years, and L- then they just pop up. Listen, training and coaching amongst any sport is so vital, not only to uh, athletes of an adult age, but also youth, okay? Yep. So we want to be able to support local gyms local boxing gyms and programs that, yep. that, that have the right kind of ideals as well yep. and, and are supporting youth talent as well as up-and-coming amateur and professional talent because, you know, what that's that is that's work being done that is thankless. Yep. And especially if you get guys of good credibility that aren't just trying to make a quick buck off their fighters yep. but ones that are really invested in the youth as well as amateurs coming up. I mean, that speaks volumes to these kids as you pour time and energy into them along the way. You're really shaping men and women for the future, not just in boxing, but just as a a human being. So we want to support and highlight as much as we possibly can from our seat here. And we we have a certain reach, I guess, uh, and we want to reach properly. So support local gyms, support local coaches, support local athletes and boxing professionals and athletes as well. So remember, most of those coaches are volunteering too. Most 100%. Yeah. Most of those boxing gyms coaches are volunteering. Even if they're not volunteering, they're making little. They really are. They're making little. So even it's you, I, boxing changed my life and I wasn't a troubled kid. I was six years old. Yeah. I found boxing at six years old. Yeah. It changed my life. Whether I ever competed professionally or not, I promise you my children, Isabella, is going to learn boxing because it taught me discipline. It taught me so much. At the same time, I'm getting healthy. As at a time and age right now, after the pandemic in 2020, I think the one takeaway we all should really, really learn is that we all need to be a little bit healthier. We all need to work out a little more. We all need to be more conscious of our health a lot more. We do. We all need to get in a lot better shape. Yeah. We all need to be in the gym more. We all need to do a lot more stuff. And it just so happens that boxing is a great workout it's a phenomenal workout and it's kind of fun you get to punch stuff and not get in trouble for it it is i love that and, and i get to work with a lot of kids and a lot of adults and a lot of literally grandparents i get to work with moms dads grandparents literally children as young as like five like i love that because me and you be money we're molding kids for yeah. like i think that a, a kid who trains in boxing no matter if he competes or not, is going to be a positive influence in society and make this country and make this world a better place. I do. It teaches them so much. Uh, I'm a big advocate of youth sports. I always have been. I've coached youth sports for many, many years, Um, not just my kids, but also before they were even born. I I mean, obviously, you know my background. I've Mm -hmm. uh, been a high school uh, track coach for many years, now doing middle school because my kids are on that team. You were also a competitor. Go back even further. You actually was an athlete too. Um, I've, I've done flag football things, coaching things on that side and now you know strength and conditioning stuff so i see it and and as a coach now you're a new team member to us you are a certified usa boxing amateur boxing coach and issa will be a certified issa personal training but but either way so for me as a coach you're absolutely correct it speaks volumes because listen as as much as some there are some coaches that get paid and i understand it they've earned it but others that 
any I can try to think of all the money that I've ever made in track. And that's a negative number. Any stipend that yeah. I've ever received has basically poured back into the program and then some. I do it because of the love, the love of the sport, but also I know the impact I'm making on the kids. Yep. And so for me to do that as a coach, multiply that by thousands. There's yep. so many other people in you all different sports. Yeah, yeah. If you're a coach in youth sports and you're advocating, you know, just winning only, or if you're advocating winning by the biggest margin possible, you're not doing your job. You're missing the point. Get the hell out of the sport because you're terrible for it. So, so we learn, we teach, or not we learn, but we teach by way of teaching. We well, actually do teach, learn. When you teach, you do learn. Exactly. Um, and so for us to be uh, involved in youth athletics is massive, but also in amateur athletics as they get older. So this is now going back to the boxing conversation and going back to my original comments. For you listeners and supporters of us, if you love boxing – Go back strictly to combat sports here to boxing. Check out your local fighters. Check out what's going on in your backyards. There's always fights happening. Check out your local podcast as well. Like yeah. We're trying to show some love. For those in Orlando, listen, there's fights going on all, all the time, really. Yeah, there really is. Like, it's boxing right now. I, I say, you guys think that I'm just this, like, boxing purist and I love boxing so much that I'm like a homer, but I'm not. Boxing's going on a lot, even in Orlando. It's going on boxing right now. I'm telling you guys, boxing is so hot that you see it in commercials. You see like everybody going to boxing. You see movies about boxing. You see all these gyms popping up. You see all these boxing matches happening. There's a lot of boxing going on around the world. Well, let me ask you this weekend, Trav, as a, when you were competing, okay? So I under, in your hometown, it would have been different because you'd have a lot of people locally that would know you. But let's say you were somewhere else. To have somebody cheering for you that you knew – or maybe you didn't know, but they were cheering specifically for you in a different town. I guess it didn't really didn't matter if it was a different town or your hometown. What impact? It? Not your dad, but other people cheering for you as you're coming out and you're leaving. What does that mean to you as a fighter? Oh, my gosh. What if, It means a lot to me as a fighter personally. Remember, I remember when I was fighting, and I don't know that I'm done fighting yet. But oh, I remember oh. when I was fighting, though. I'm not kidding. The When I fought at home, it was the most stressful but also the most amazing thing I ever did. Because when you hear your friends and family, they're literally screaming for you. And honestly, they're putting a lot of hope into you. Yeah. Like your wins and losses kind of affect them. And like, I actually understand that now because as a fan of other sports, like me and you both, you're a Green Bay Packers fan. I'm a mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys fan. When they lose, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Yep. But when you have a personal relationship with somebody and then you get to watch them compete, it's like there's a bond there. Absolutely. And like, you're literally, and like, I think it's the coolest thing in the world. Like, even for me, like people cheered for me for so long, but like now when I go to like events and stuff and I know somebody, whether it's an amateur event or a pro event, and I know somebody, I'm like, oh my God, that's pretty cool. Like I want them to win. Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm emotionally invested it becomes in a, their success. It becomes a deeper connection than yeah. I, I know our original conversation kind of brought us here talking about the flag and talking about the USA boxers. Yeah. But when you have that personal connection, maybe it's via hometown, maybe it's via, oh yeah, that's, that's a trainer at my gym or that's. You want, you would love to see them be successful, you know, not because you own any of that, but because that's your guy, that's your gal. Yeah. And you want to support them. But as a fighter, to have somebody out there cheering you on. All pumps us up, dude. I promise you, we hear you. It's one of the best things in the world. Like, I'll watch videos, even to this day, I'll watch a video from 10 years ago, me boxing, and there's a Hartman chant that comes on. 
and I yeah. hear it, yeah. and I hear it like in the video. Yep. And I remember in the ring, I remember hearing that chant, and I promise you, it like spurs me on. So like, if I remember, I, if I remember, I'll try to overlay that in the video right now because I have it. <laughs> her, min, yeah. Her, min, her. So, I love it. I hear it though. I, I'm not the only one. I promise yeah. you, other fighters hear you. We are focused, but come on, you can't tell me that when the whole stadium starts like echoing a noise like you hear it a little bit it's an energy and you feel the love and you feel the support it's the support being we're human beings all of us as athletes or as you know business owners or as any anything we're human beings we want that connectivity we want that support of our community and that's the big thing that's the driving factor there is the community of it so I don't know. I, I, we got off on this tangent, and I love how we do this because this is the way this I podcast goes. We're, we're in pre-production. We're like, okay, we can talk. Charlo, cool. But then what? Yeah. Uh, but this is where we went to. Uh, we can travel. What we're actually going to do now is start to put a bow on it. I, I But I, I, I want to throw in one other boxing thing then about make, the Charlo fight. Then make it quick. Is and I, That's what she said. Mm-hmm. And I will. Always. But um, I, I mentioned in our previous podcast, episode 79, I mentioned who everybody should pay attention to that night of the Charlo oh, yeah, fight. Yeah. It was Jerron Boots Ennis, who's mm-hmm. a welterweight. The guy won in the f- second round, knocked this guy out from Canada, but the guy really quit. I think he got a he got a good shot and he felt it. And he was like, I don't want no th- I don't want nothing to do with this. And Errol Spence commented on it later and was like, he he came for a paycheck, which maybe he did. But anyway, Errol Spence, he's not wrong in a lot of things that he says. He, he's he's a welterweight champion of the world, but also. Jerron Boots Ennis is also, I think, the future of the welterweight division when Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence are done with it. Yeah. So let's put that out there first. I'm not saying he can take them over. Yeah. But Jerron Boots Ennis, who I mentioned in the previous episode, I was like, watch this guy. And yep. he actually, the dude knocked him out in the second round, and it was a very, very good opponent, which he wasn't supposed to knock out that early, and he stopped him. So what I want to say is the Charlo fight actually ended up being a, a more exciting fight than I thought because I was like, everybody pay attention. You should watch Boots uh, Ennis yeah. because he's good, and he's going to be good, and he he was good. He yeah. delivered as well. But the Charlo fight was the highlight of the night. I'm glad that was the main event and that um, Boots Ennis was the co-main event because Charlo deserved it. However... I'm going to tell you guys again. I'm going to give you a heads up for the future because I like to do that. Jerron Boots Ennis is going to be a welterweight champion of the world when Crawford and Spence either move up or retire. Mm, and are done. But he's only yeah. 24, so yeah. he's got time. Crawford's 30-something. Um, I think Errol Spence is in his... They're all like 30, 31. I meant 30-something. 30, 30, 31. They're around that age group. We call. So, hey, we call the names. We've talked Ennis. You've talked Fundora. I've said Berlanga. We've talked Xander Zayas. Those are all guys coming up. They're coming up, up bro. Look These out for them. Xander Zayas, he's, he's working down in Australia right now with Cambosis. He's going to be there too. Yeah. You're, that's, you, I'm glad you brought his name up too because that kid is fire as well. Absolutely. So these are names coming up. Pay attention to them. We're talking about them now. It is 2022. Pay attention. Episode 80. Episode 80. Look on our past episodes because I talk about Ennis many, many moons ago. Absolutely. But also Absolutely. 79. Check us out, YouTube, Spotify, everywhere. All right, but this is episode 80, and we're wrapping it up. Thank you to IF Enterprises, TH Boxing, and Gulfstream Financial. Uh, we can Trav, in lieu of a final thought, I'm actually just going to point at you and say your name and say, hey, that over there is Weekend Trav. That there is B-Money, a.k.a. Nice hair, nice glasses, mm-hmm. producer, mm-hmm. pretty much everything, mm-hmm. pretty much runs 
weighing in with Travis Hartman. Pretty much it should be like weighing in with Brandon Waters no, at this point. No. But it doesn't roll off the tongue. B money. Once again, you should open with I that. Oh, I know. I forget every time. I start right. drinking and I forget. But now you remember. Actually, you start drinking, then you remember. (laughs) Yes. Okay. That's it, folks. Thank you for joining us. Please subscribe below. God bless.